Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, happy new decade to everybody out there. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, the, the next chapter in it's, our lives. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, we're talking 2020s, an entire decade. And, you know, we're going to start off with a bang because we got the big game coming up Monday. You're talking about the NFL playoff game, right? Oh, we get that too. But, we know we're talking about the natty. Yes, the natty. yes. And as I told you last week, the Tigers will win. I mean, I'm making a bold prediction. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's going to be one of the Tigers, but I predict it's going to be the ones from upstate South Carolina. It's, it's going to be a great game. It really it, is. It is. It's, it's, we're excited about it, obviously, you know, um, being a Clemson graduate. But uh, I'm, I'm looking am. I'm looking forward to next season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm looking ready for next year to happen from a football. That's true. There's always next season. But you know what? There's not a next decade because, I mean, that's 10 years away. So yeah. there is a next decade. But we're going to focus on this decade. And we have some great topics to do that with. Um, we have the financial goals for a decade mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. It's I mean, a little different look. It's a different look, you know? I mean, you don't get the opportunity to plan for a decade very often. So we're going to do it right here. We're going to give you five financial goals that, that really can help shape your decade and, and really um, make a transformative change um, going forward. So um, stick around for that. Yeah, and then we're going to have a uh, another topic. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's about uh, tips for investing as a couple. So we meet with folks that are uh, in the process of um, you know tying the knot and getting hitched. And uh, the question, and I just had this recently, was is should we combine our, our finances? And so this is an article out of uh, a Swab organization, and uh, I'll give you some insight from uh, Mr. Ramsey as well, because he's very, uh, um, he's thought through this quite a bit as well. So that's kind of, uh, kind of the next topic is tips for investing as a couple. Yeah, that's a really important topic. So I like that. By the way, I am Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner at Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 24 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast uh, you can listen to. We have hundreds now that you can check out. Also have a lot of good tools on the website, uh, retirement plans and forms and so forth, checklists. Go, go check that out. And Facebook page, MoneyMD, we uh, post a, a video on a weekly basis. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we've uh, officially been doing our show for over nine years now. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't, isn't it? that crazy? That is crazy. Mm. Time flies. But uh, yeah, check us out on our website, moneymd.net. You can link to us there. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this is looking back at the S&P 500 uh, index, um, five, 500 largest stocks in uh, the United States. And Steve, looking over the last 50 years, uh, it's averaged 10.6% return over that 50-year time frame. And um, so that's you know that's kind of what you, what it has been historically. If you go back eighty years or whatever, it's, it's what the stock market has done. Kind of a long term average. But uh, the interesting thing is, eighty percent of the time it's up, twenty percent of the time it has been down. So you know when we go through a two thousand eighteen type of market or two thousand eight, uh, it, it's really part of the process. And and even though we've had bear markets 
and corrections, you know, lots of them over that 50-year time frame, it has still averaged 10.6%. That's right. So, so if you stick around, history says you're going to get, you know, the average with the parts you have in the stock market. So, yeah, I mean, don't panic. You know, if this turns out to be a down year, you never know. I yeah. mean, that's the, that's the point here. One in five are down yeah. on average. So, you know, just, just don't don't try to predict it. Yeah. Stick to a long-term diversified strategy. And, of course, our disclaimer, right? Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. That's it could right. be totally different from this. But just looking back at history, I mean, you can, you can draw some conclusions and kind of have a strategy based on that because we don't know any different. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, great financial fact of the week and that's a good springboard into our financial goals for a decade john now like i said we don't you know we don't have time we don't get a chance to do this very often and um you know i'm sure you have your goals all lined up for the coming year being the organized person that you are right john i've got them down man yeah so we'll we'll skip right i don't have them for a decade though i like it yeah that's right so we're gonna stretch this out for a decade you know we've talked about goal setting many times here on our shows and uh, so if you need some motivation for that, you know, go back to many of our New Year's shows where we talk about that over the past five years. Um, but, you know, what about decade goals? Um, I know for some of us, you know, it's just to survive an entire decade, right? <laughs> but uh, you want to thrive, not survive here for the decade. So seriously, if you want to accomplish big things, it requires more than just yearly goals. Yeah, for instance, you know, looking at your house and being, you know, completely debt-free, that may be a 10-year a, a goal, and for some people, it may be longer than that. So so we're going to talk about decade-long goals to consider for the 2020s, and it might not take you an entire decade to accomplish these goals, but the point is, you, you know, you want to carve out big, audacious goals if you want to accomplish some of those life-changing milestones, and, you know, you can break it into one-year um, increments and even monthly goals um, to support that big picture, and, you know, after all, when Dave Ramsey talks about living like no one else so you can live like no one else, he's not talking about something that you're going to be able to accomplish in a short time frame is doing that consistently over year after year after year. So that decade view is, is I like it. It's different. Yeah. You got to step back and really look at the big picture. And, you know, I have to admit, John, I've always been kind of a planner. So at heart, so I, I love making big goals, even, you know, if I do lose interest before I reach some of those. Um, and, you know, just thinking back, I mean, when I was in my twenties, I had this dream of, of designing and building my own house. Um, so I pulled out an engineering pad when I was in my, my mid twenties and, you know, I started laying out what Kathy and I had talked about, uh, for a house. And, uh, so I scratched that out on paper and we, you know, we discussed our preferences. I never told her that I also wanted to build the house and I actually wanted to contract it myself. Did you tell um, her about the shed out back? Well, no, slid no, that that one was, in under... I slid that one in on the yeah. future revision. Sneaky. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, after <clears throat> several months, several iterations, you know, I, I've actually built a drafting board. I started drafting my full scale plans. Um, you know, and I think she thought I was crazy when I finished the plans and I, I started talking seriously about actually contracting the house myself and really building it. Um, but about a year later, you know, I got my home builder's license. I had a uh, draftsman kind of redraw the floor plans, but we broke ground on our house. I contracted it myself and we're still living there 29 years later, you know, it's still so, standing, still standing. Yep. <laughs> That's we, good. we did a, we did add to it one time. <clears throat> yep, so, uh, yep. you know, it's uh, grown a little bit since then, but yeah, that was a multi-year project, you know, and there are obviously many things in life that fall in that category. So if you want to accomplish really big things, you usually have to be willing to plan well beyond a year or two. 
So let's consider a decade. I mean, here are five goals to consider for this coming decade that could really transform your your financial life. Yeah, and the first one is um, getting out of debt for good. That includes a mortgage as well. And I know we talk about this all the time, but many people don't get there. They go into into retirement, about 50% of people with a mortgage. And so, you know, if you can 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 pay off your house, um, you know, and, and put off, you know, going to doing the remodeling and so forth or moving and redoing, uh, you know, the, the mortgage, um, you're going to be in a different place. And, and maybe you pay off your cars, um, but you, ne- you neglected to uh, create a car fund and you have another 40000 of debt for the replacement vehicle. So it's time to put debt you know, behind you, um, when you're, when you're paying other people, you're not going to build wealth. So if you can pay yourself those payments, uh, it really adds up quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So let's make this the decade that you're totally out of debt for good, you know, never again. So that means if you have a a mortgage outstanding, you amortize that over 10 years or less. Um, so that it'll be completely done after 10 years and then you're not going to go refinance it. And, you know, you're not going to build a bigger house and put another debt on it. You're going to, be totally out of debt for your house for good. Um, and then create a car fund. So in five years, you're going to have enough cash to pay for any future car without a loan. Um, and then fund your kid's 529 plan, you know, with enough to completely pay for your part of their education. That doesn't mean you're going to do all of it, but whatever part you decide that you plan for, have that fully funded. You know, let's kick debt to the curb once and for all this decade and leave yourself with the financial freedom that you dreamed about um, when the curtain closes on 2029. I mean, 10 years is a long time. You can pretty much knock out any debt if you really focus on it and you get yourself in position over the next 10 years. So that's a big one. And that's that's number one on our list. Next one here on our list, though, is the fully fund your plan for your dream retirement. Um. And that's a big one. I mean, the first step to this, of course, is to define what your dream retirement looks like and what it's going to cost. That means you have to have a retirement plan with some projections of exactly how much income you're going to need and how much it will need uh, you'll need in your plan to generate that income. And then you have to define how to get there in terms of savings. You know, maybe that savings number is out of reach currently, and that may seem like something that's just too big, but you know, that's why we're creating a decade long goal here um, to, to give you plenty of time to ramp up to that savings goal. Um, so if you have a ways to go, then increase your retirement savings by one or 2% per year um, so that you can, when you get a raise, so you can reach that savings limit that you need to get to. Maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 15% of your salary, but do it gradually. It'd be even better if you can set it up automatically so that you have automatic increases every year um, to to default to success. Um, so, But you have to have a plan uh, of what it's going to look like in the future, what retirement's going to look like. So, But that's, that's number two here is the plan for your dream goal. And then number three is... Um, to increase your income to reach those goals. Yeah, you know, Dave Ramsey often says your your best wealth building tool is your income, right? That's right. And so, you know, increasing your income, it's a multi-year project. Um, now's a great time to start putting those steps into place uh, for reaching those long-term financial goals by increasing your income. And this may mean going back to school to acquire some new skills or, you know, map out what it's going to look like um, when you substantially increase your income over the next decade 
and then put those steps into place. Um, perhaps you can simply change jobs while you you know maybe have better opportunities. Um, maybe you can take some courses to gain more knowledge and, and insight. Um, also, I would you know recommend maybe you know doing something that you have a passion for. That that tends to lead to uh, you know big incomes for folks because they're really good at it and they have a passion. And um, I mean, there are people in this area that have built small businesses that have done very well. Like I think about. Um, uh, advanced services, bug, you know, they take care of bugs, but they have a passion for it. They're very good at it. So find out what you have a passion for and go do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it does obviously take a certain level of income to reach your financial goals. So determine what that income level is, create a decade long plan to reach that level and then maintain it. You know, 10 years is a long time. So you can become a doctor and attorney, you know, in that <laughs> yeah. stretch of time if you have the drive, determination, and of course the the intellect to get there. Professional so, golfer, maybe you could, you could, John. Well, you had to have to have the skills, John. So and you had to have age. You, yeah, you got to be younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think <laughs> right. I think it's too late for us, but yeah. <laughs> somebody out there could still do that. Yes. Um, but you, hey, you can you can get better for sure. So, but that's a good one. Um, increase your income to reach your goals. The next one here though is to plan some happiness into your life. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know this sounds like an unrealistic platitude maybe, um, but, you know, we're really talking about having balance in your life and budgeting for that. I mean, you can't go through the next decade with the trips and the plans and the dreams that are never fulfilled or at least attempted. I mean, yes, it takes money to implement most plans, so integrate these dreams and plans into your budget. I mean, if you have dreamed about going to Venice and Rome for some grand vacation, then put that on your calendar. Assign a budget line item to that dream. You know, it's time to stop talking about the future and make it happen. And that starts with a plan, whether it's, you know, taking uh, an extended mission trip, maybe missions trip, um, losing weight, uh, buying a beach condo, changing careers, it all takes time and resources and effort to make those changes and to accomplish those big goals in life. So come up with a plan to tackle those dreams this coming decade and bring a sense of excitement and accomplishment and purpose to this new decade. So the future has to start now. So plan some happiness into your life. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And, um, you know, this was another soft one. Uh, embrace a new philosophy um, of getting help that you need. I like exactly. that. Um, you know, it's uh, it may be difficult to find and ask the right person to help you uh, or to hire for the assistance that you need to make these, these changes that we're talking about to get to the next plateau. Um, it's also difficult to make those decisions to maybe transi- transition some relationships that aren't beneficial and going into some new ones. And uh, you may have to push yourself to find the right person uh, to help you make those necessary changes. So, you know, maybe you're having some health problems or financial problems and you need, you know, to take the, the right step to get the right physician to help you or maybe a trusted advisor or a lawyer or something. But you you might need to get some additional people to help you reach these goals. I mean, go connect with someone who is wiser in this area than you and see how they can help you. Yeah, that's right. So do some research, you know, ask around, get a referral, um, but finally get on a path to whatever it is, better health, you know, better finances, um, whatever it is you're trying to, to reach. You know, maybe you need some coaching to get your business to the next level. Um, do the research, find a coach who can help you move the needle in your professional life. Um, I mean, if you've been trying to learn the skills that you need to or develop um, as you go to affect major changes without a lot of success, 
it's time to get some help and to stop putting all the pressure on yourself. So make a list of professional services and people who can make a difference in your life over the next few years and then put steps in place to get that help. And sure, it's going to cost money um, to get excellent help. So count the cost, build that into your budget and make the investment into your future. Um, you likely can't reach big goals over the next decade by yourself without getting some additional help along the way. Having the right people in your life will go a long way to reaching the new milestones and achieving the changes that are going to make the 2020s the decade that you reach new heights. So take that step now. Um, this should be a decade that, that puts you on the path to a new beginning in life and, you know, a happier life forever if you take the steps to make that happen financially, professionally, and personally. So it's time to turn the leaf, dust off the past, make the next 10 years the transformative period in your life that it could be. So don't put it off. Put the steps in place this month and this year to put you on that path to a brighter and happier future. Okay, and that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this is uh, kind of a current event. Um, hadn't got a lot of questions on this, but I know people are thinking about it. Is should I be concerned about the the uh, the Iran situation, mm, the yeah, the conflict? And um, it, it was a really interesting article that came out recently in uh, one of the the journals that we uh, we look at. And you know, the markets really haven't reacted too much. Oil prices have been up about 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 four percent. And historically, when there's been a conflict, um, the oil markets have certainly been a, a big risk. But, you know, the U.S. is now the largest producer of oil, and we're approaching energy independence. So it's less of a an issue from that standpoint. But when you start talking about wars and people get worried and so forth, there was actually um, a, a, an article and a study done um, a couple of years back during the North Korea confrontation. And it actually showed that um, a war you know, generally historically has sent the markets um, after an initial period of volatility higher. Yeah. yeah isn't that interesting? Because yep. it's, it's usually resolved and people go on to the next, you know, and worry. It's stimulative. <clears throat> There's a lot of spending going on during a war. There yeah. is. So, you know, as a, I guess as a takeaway, as a, as a citizen, certainly paying attention and, and uh, you know, concerned about it, but as an investor, not so much. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, as far as your investments are concerned, I wouldn't be too concerned about the situation. Um, you know, the stock market usually is separate from the political and geopolitical things that are going on in the world. Um, it, it's the economy. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, a war, could, be volatile. Could, a war yeah. could certainly affect the economy, yeah. you know, if it, if it came over here, if it really, you know, became extended. But, um, you know, most of those conflicts that we see over the years have not affected the stock market in any long-term effect. It's been a short-term volatility. Yep. So. I wouldn't worry about that as far as your investments are concerned. You know, just uh, focus on the long term with your investments. So, like the next decade. Yeah, there you go. Right. Next decade, like we just <laughs> talked about. So, great question of the week, though, and that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is um, investing as a couple. Um, you know, tips for for really coordinating your finances, right? Yeah, that's right. Couples, you know, or you know, get married, and like I mentioned in the uh, intro, I mean, I just had this conversation with a, a couple recently. We we certainly uh, do counseling and and have uh, clients that are. Uh, getting married and so forth, and um, you know they are agreeing to spend their lives together. Um, and uh, often they'll you know share the savings and spending and financial planning. Um, they'll also sometimes maintain separate accounts. Uh, maybe that's personal preference. Um, you know, if one spouse is more of a spender 
for example, you know, if you combine everything, it can cause friction. Now, I'll tell you, Dave Ramsey is a big believer. He basically says a marriage is not a joint venture. <laughs> That's right. You know, he's a big believer in combining everything. And quite frankly, I, I see the benefits of doing that as well. But, you know, I do see people that are successful that have side accounts um, also, but it really depends on the relationship. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, nearly one in three adults in a relationship um, report money as a major source of conflict, according to the American Psychological uh, Psychological Association. Um, and we frequently work with couples who have different philosophies about managing money, and you can tell there's some friction there. Um, sometimes so, but the earlier you recognize that and you talk about those differences, the sooner you can create a plan, um, to, for the family that kind of takes both people into account and eases those tensions. Yeah. And so one of the most important strategies is really putting the priorities on paper and, and, uh, you may not agree on everything, but you got to have a consensus. Uh, for example, you know, what goals are you working on? Are you going to do it individually or together? I mean, if you're talking about a retirement plan, why wouldn't you plan for, for a retirement with two of you versus exactly. each one of you? So, you know, what, what, uh, what's your strategy for multiple goals, like down payments on a house versus retirement savings and where you do differ? Um, can you honor both approaches and, and give respect to the other person? And what, what are you going to do when, you know, the markets do, you know, drop? What kind of conversations? You, you know, talking about this is really step number one. And so the couple that I, I met with um, recently is like, you know, this is a great first step asking these questions. And I sent them some resources as well to, to read and, and, and do some more research into it. So talking about it is a big key. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we see these sessions where you get together and you kind of have a discovery session where you're talking um, that really makes kind of starts uh, making people, you know, get a sense of, of, of unity. Um, and it just helps them to, you know, consider whether to keep things separate or together. Um, you know, many couples, they kind of choose to, to join forces on the big ticket items like a down payment to a mortgage. Um, but you know, they'll kind of keep certain things separate, like their personal goals or, you know, they're, they're, you know, maybe they have the separate checking accounts. So you, but you have to find that balance and it's all about finding that for both of them. So, but retirement on the other hand, that's all in a league of its own. You really have to to plan that together. Yeah, this is one of the biggest shared shared goals. And you got to make sure you're in agreement on how much you're going to save and and where are you going to save. You're going to do Roth IRAs. You're going to do 401ks. What kind of risk level are you going to have? Um, you may have one spouse's employer that has a better matching contribution than the other one and maybe better investment. So again, it's just coordination and, and talking through what the strategy is for, for your goals. Yeah, that's right. And once you've kind of nailed down the basics on uh, on your retirement plan, then we suggest you have at least, you know, one kind of annual meeting together where you, you know, a planning meeting where you look at retirement, you look at kind of uh, how you're your um how you're progressing along those lines and you agree on you know if there's any changes that need to be made you assess whether your allocations are right you know for your investments um whether those are on track i mean that ensures that both spouses are working toward the same financial goals and their accounts and their investments aren't aren't inadvertently undermining each other. Yeah, so having uh, different approaches is, is okay, um, but you got to communicate and, and be on the same page, and it's got to be coordinated. Uh, for example, blending one partner's aversion to risk with another desire to um, to be more aggressive can lead to a balanced approach. So again, I mean, you can have one account as conservative and one as aggressive, uh, or you could have both as in the middle. I mean, there's different ways to do this. But I think talking about it and making sure those strategies are meeting up to your goal. 
Yeah, we've seen that before where, you know, they kind of strike this balance where the wife maybe wants to be more conservative while the husband prefers a more aggressive approach. Um, you know, and although they set up different accounts that are tailored to individual attitudes, we kind of look at it holistically, you know, as an overall balanced plan um, as the advisor. And, uh, you know, that way the more conservative spouse doesn't lose sleep during the bear market, but the uh, more aggressive spouse is inadvertently uh, positioned to, 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 to go up when the market goes up. You know, to together, though, they have a kind of balanced plan. But another solution could be to have it more tailored to their their individual situation. I mean, for example, we see couples sometimes with a big age difference and the older spouse um, is is planning to retire um, while the younger spouse is continuing to work. Um, and so, you know, those might be two totally separate approaches. But overall, the plan has to work together you know, over the span of retirement. Yeah. And so when you look at the accounts, I mean, they're, they're going to have different returns if you have different risk pre- uh, preferences. Um, but um, and that's okay. I mean, when, when markets are, are volatile, you know, you want to make sure you check your, um, your accounts and, uh, you know, your, maybe you have a financial advisor and so forth. But I mean, having multiple accounts, um, you know, with different strategies is fine. But again, it has to tie in um, to, to your overall goal. So our, our takeaway on this really is, um, you know, for the most part, we would say combine the resources. I mean, when you get married, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a unity, it's a team approach. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, quite frankly, the conversation I had with the couple is if you do get divorced, it's going to be split 50, 50 anyway. So that's, that's the right. way the courts look at it. So usually yeah. some people want to have side accounts because they think it's there as well. I mean, the courts view that a little differently. So certainly wouldn't go into any marriage thinking mine and his. I like thinking it's ours and these are our goals that we're working towards. Yeah, you can have some, you know, separate accounts, obviously, and and separate goals. But overall, it has to be one big picture and you really need to be on the same page and you need to be on the same budgeting page and spending page because that creates a ton of conflict if you're not on the same page there. So. It's a very important topic. I mean, we encourage you to really get together on that and do yeah you know, have a plan and do some uh, counseling on it. Um, Dave Ramsey has a great class, Financial Peace University, for married couples going into it. Uh, you know, I, I can't we can't overemphasize that class enough. That's a life changing event and get you on the same page on on process. So absolutely, and that's right. So great topic, and that leads up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. And that is, John, to update your asset inventory form. I mean, this is a great time of the year to do that. You know, the beginning of the year, um, you should have an asset inventory form that lists all your accounts together, um, everything that you own and, you know, the, the, the balances at the end of the year and where they're held. Um, and just so that if something happens to, to one of the two of you, you have a, a, a list, you know, for your loved ones to look at and to, to know where to go to kind of get started. But it also just helps you kind of plan for the future. It helps you look at where you're at and what your progress has been over the past year. And, you know, I just updated ours, you know, here recently. And, and last year was a great year in the stock market. So yeah. it's a fun time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you update it and you see nice growth for the past year. And it's yeah. an exciting thing to do. So it turns into a net worth statement as well. Exactly. I mean, you can kind of see the changes from year to year. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's a great big picture item. And gosh, if you look back a decade... 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's really fun to see the progress if you've been paying off it debt is. and saving and so forth. So that's a very positive exercise. I think I'll probably update mine during the uh, second half of the game on Monday. It'll it'll be over by it, that time. Anyway, yeah, the Tigers boring. will be, you know, spanking. Yeah, it'll be, know, the other it'll be dominating. Yeah, so, it'll be dominating. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you better you better stay and pay attention to that game. It's going to be a big game. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fun. Either way, but uh, all right. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net, and email us your questions at info at moneymd.net, or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. Go Tigers. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.